we will show you how to navigate the Eternal City. And some food and wine guidelines that are pretty easy. Undercover Jet Setter is dishing from Roma. Undercover Jet Setter, travel. And salute! We are coming to you. We're actually here in the U.S., but we're going to cover everything about Rome because we're just back from Rome and... I've got a drink because it's bad luck if I don't. That is correct. And it's an eternal city for a reason. There's classic Rome and there's modern Rome and there's something in between. And there's actually no other city like it, right? Oh, really, isn't. It's, it's almost like it's a bucket list city. If oh, you've never been sure. there, you have to go there. And a lot of people think, oh, I'm Catholic. I need to go there. No, you need to go there if you're anybody who lives in the world because... Western civilization started there, and it's it's such it's a fun city. Yes, uh, it's easy to get around, and we're going to talk about that as well. Wouldn't right. you say that? Oh yeah, absolutely friendly. We're going to talk about that too. But here's what I have to say overall: my impression, thirty thousand foot view. You are in Rome. Okay, here you are. You're walking next to ruins from BC era. There's all these ruins ancient buildings, and then you're walking next to things that are modern day, same century, here we are actually in 2019, about to be 2020, and that is what you're you're doing. I mean, it's like food, wine, people, architecture blended together from ancient to modern. It's amazing. It's actually amazing. And you touch the modern part because when you look at the cuisine that is there and we're going to get into the cuisine as well and we have it here we've got the pasta we've got the the tomatoes we have the cheese aroma we tomatoes have, we have the wine and <laughs> the, <a> pepe. <laughs> the mediterranean diet as we talk about is one of the healthiest diets you could ever have and when you're there that's all you do is the mediterranean diet and it is fabulous it's it's one of the best cities now you you've been there before because you were there on your honeymoon. I was actually there as a college student. And I can't say a ton has changed, but it's still into the modern era. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot has changed, but nothing has changed. And on the food side, I would say almost nothing has changed. And that's the beauty of the food side, um, which we're going to get into that a little bit more. But we do have, commemoratively, our Cacio Pepe here that is a classic Roman pasta dish, and we'll tell you about that in just a little bit. We've got some pecorino cheese, and we've got some Roma tomatoes, which we are eating as we're talking to you. Hopefully you don't mind, but thank you for being here on the dish. We should also say it's actually a safe city. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I, I felt, very, I felt safe. very safe there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I felt very safe there. And so, you know, as a woman... Not to say anything against men, but, you know, as a woman, we kind of want to have safety. That's one of our main things and our main concerns. And, you know, we feel better and we feel much more at home and comfortable when we have safety. And so I think as a woman, me personally, I would feel fine walking around Rome on my own. Now, are there are some, like, amorous um, people out there that may approach you, but... It's nothing to be concerned about. You know, you, you're going to get approached and it'll be fine because you say no and no is no and you move on. And no is no. And I think pretty much in Italy, that's the case. Well, and we should also say, I mean, th there is, there's a history of pickpockets. We, we didn't come across any pickpockets. No, no, right. And there is also a history, if you're a woman, 
someone's going to pinch your butt. Now, did you have any butt pinching while you, while we were there? I don't um, think you did. I didn't this last time, but prior I did, but yeah. it was okay. It wasn't a big deal, and... You know, I just moved on, and I was there with my newly wed husband, and so it was everything was okay. But Italians are, you know, as I said, very much passionate, and so you may get some looks, you may get some offers. It's okay, just don't worry about it, and that's the main thing. But I think mostly the pickpockets are the thing that you would worry about, and as long as you keep everything safe and kept under your coats or your jackets or whatever you're wearing and do some kind of a crossbody thing or, you know, men, keep your, your wallets and everything in your front pocket yep. so you know what's going on. Um, I think everything's good. The main thing is just be aware when you are at the main tourist places because the main tourist places, I think, are where the majority of pickpockets or anything like that are going to mm -hmm. occur. And um, we even experienced some, you know, the Colosseum, which is – a huge Roman um, icon. Which we're going to get to. We're which we're going that. to talk about in just a minute. But that is a place where outside you're going to find a lot of pickpockets and things like that. So, you know, and just be aware and, and, and keep, keep your surroundings about you, you know. Now, on the flip side, Romans, Italians are super friendly. So even though you don't, and we're going to get into this a little later in the show, even though you don't, you may not speak Italian. You can still talk to these people. You should know buongiorno, which is good day. Ciao, which is hello. You should know that, and most people ciao. respond well, to you. By the way, ciao can also be goodbye. That's it kind it. of counts for it. It's like aloha. aloha. It's like hello, goodbye, I love you, everything. Everything's Hawaii <laughs> to her. So. Sorry. <laughs> but. And buonasera. Buonasera is a good thing because that's buongiorno in the evening, buonasera. Yeah. Late afternoon, early evening, absolutely. Yes. So. So don't be afraid to approach Italians and talk to them. I mean, it's it's they're they're lovely people, um, and they they like Americans. They yes. really enjoy Americans. They yeah. know what Americans have have done for them as well. All right, let's get into some of the places that that you've got to go to, uh, and the biggest one is the Colosseum. Now we yeah, hit the Colosseum. First and foremost, this is an amphitheater that is well over two thousand years old. And when you walk in there, and until you walk in there, you've seen pictures of the Colosseum. You've seen the outside. Until you walk in there, you kind of go, oh, my God, I get it. It's alabaster. That's exactly what the, what the marble is. And once you get used to that, and then you begin to realize what they had there. And this is, a, this is a, like a 50,000-seat Colosseum that was back in the day, and the structure is still standing. Yeah, pretty amazing. And when you go on the tour, which we strongly suggest, yeah. it's probably the best way to see it because they really have very knowledgeable, wonderful historians that are guiding you on the tours. And they take a lot of pride in what they do. So they know what they're they're talking about and they're going to give you great information and a little inside knowledge about what was happening with all the gladiators and the animals and everything that was going on during that time. It, it's pretty amazing. And as you said, when you walk in there, if you just stand there for a moment and take a breath and take it in, it's pretty phenomenal because you're like, how do they do this without any machinery, any technology, anything exactly. of that kind? And, you know, it, plus it was covered in travertine marble. I mean, all the seats. It's amazing. It's, it's truly 
a phenomenon. And the, the good thing is that um, they are actually cleaning a lot of it up now. Yeah. So they're revealing the white marble underneath. So you, you're actually going to, I would suggest, go to Rome every few years, um, not just for the food and the wine, but also to just go see what they're doing with the Colosseum because it's going to be pretty phenomenal how they, they uncover all the soot and the pollution and they're taking that off and they're, they're bringing up the, and restoring the brilliance from what it was back in the day, you know? I mean, it's phenomenal. It's, it's like MMA today. I mean, it's kind of like if, if, if you're into the MMA stuff, not that everybody is, or if you're into big sporting events, that's exactly what was going on there. So that was kind of the, that was the sports side. And then mm -hmm. we ended up at the Roman Forum. Oh, God. This is my favorite place in Rome, I have to I say. Me too. I actually got to say that. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it, it blows your mind. Like, you're like going, wow. It's the, it's com combining the fact that they built all this architecture, which other civilizations, including the British Parliament, built on to build their buildings yeah. of, you know, structure and iconic presentation and representation of power. It's absolutely brilliant. And you really see why the Romans were conquerors, but also um, they were brilliant at thinking and designing and devising and innovation back and in the day. And engineering as well, because that Absolutely. was actually that was a swampland that they actually engineered so that they could create the the piping and the drainage. So that actually formed the civilization for all the different ethnicities and minorities that came together that created what became the the Roman Empire. And when you sit there and you you just kind of take it in, and like what you said, sit there and take it in, and you understand that. Those are the antecedents of what we are today. That is Western civilization. Absolutely. And when you realize Caesar was there, when you realize probably Cicero was there. Um, Mark Antony. Mark Antony. And <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of those things that you've got to, you have to see, you have to walk around. But what we would advise to do, and this is what we did, is just stop and think because there is something very, very special about being there. It and really is. Yeah, and here's one thing to think about. For everybody who loves Shakespeare, or even if you don't love him, you know who he is. Shakespeare came after all these people because he wrote all the stories about him. So 1,500 years came after, after them. So just think about that for a minute. And when you get down and you're walking around and you're really seeing the the height and the power of this architecture i mean it's it's phenomenal like you really can see how this this empire began and and why it lasted for so long and as you said you know you're you're sitting there in the midst of all of this great architecture and it's been there for centuries and it's still standing strong amazing uh, you know i mean again so many things the weather mother nature all of this stuff you're definitely in awe. And then the other place we went to is the Pantheon. And the Pantheon is, and again, it's more, you're more inside, and you kind of go, wow. I mean, you just kind of, you just kind of take it, and it's, it's one of those things where you don't have to walk around a lot. You can literally stand in the middle and kind of just turn around and kind of take it all in. And to be honest with you, that was my first time at the Pantheon. 
I was in awe of what is still there and, and what yes. it was. Exactly. Yeah. And I think one of the greatest things is the ocula, which if you look up, that's where they created a design to let the light in, but also to communicate to the heavens. And that's what they believed. And so it was like something beautiful, but it had like an organic, practical uh, implementation as well. But as you said, the inside is amazing. But when I stand outside the Pantheon and I look at the structure of it, it blows that another thing blows my mind. I mean, it's so phenomenal. It's gorgeous. It's, it's like one of the most beautiful structures I think that exists on the earth. And there you just see it. And, and the fact that it's so mesmerizing and gigantic as well, um, that you're looking at it and, and you're thinking, how did they build this back in those days? You know, yeah. that's that's the that's the thing that I can't get over. Yeah, it's true. Now, a couple of things we sh we should also mention to you with um, what we're doing. The, the The first thing is is that we didn't go to the Vatican, and I, I've been to the Vatican before, so that's not a knock on anything. I, you should go to the Vatican. We Absolutely. wanted to take in a number of different things, and that is the point. Is that, and again, we were there for about five days. You can't take everything in in Rome. No. There's just so much there that you've got to kind of pick and choose. And yeah. that's that's the great part about being in Rome and that you've got to probably go back again. Absolutely. And okay. and the Vatican is on the other side of the river. So we, we kind of stayed on the other side. If you go over the other side of the river, that's where the Vatican is. There's some great places that when we go back, we will highlight for you. Um, but the Tiber River is a dividing point, and that's an interesting history note. Um, and I... I want to say that the food, I think, on either side is still phenomenal, either way, no matter what. And Michelangelo, both sides of the river, he, he got stuff in, in everything, you know, there in Rome. So, um, Michelangelo's a superstar. It, he's a superstar. He is. <laughs> yes, no he didn't know that he before. He transcends all, all generations. Uh, and the food transcends it, too. And mm -hmm. what's interesting is we're, we're going to do more stuff on Italy. So you're going to see that Italy... Italy's a makeup of many different nations and, and kind of like the United States in many ways. So Rome has a different, not only philosophy, but they have different cuisine compared to Sicily yes. or northern Italy. And yes. so we're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about the wines a little later on here. But what we want to talk about next is, is the food in Rome because the food in Rome is, it's unbelievable. Yes, there's great Italian food in the United States, but we think it's a little or different. Or other parts of the world, too. Yeah, and we think it's a little different. So, And in addition to that, there are great piazzas there that you've got to walk around and, and establish so that you can, you can really understand what is going on in Rome. And it's... Rome's the type of place you got to keep going back to. Well, it absolutely is. And it's a walking city. So as much as you're eating, don't worry about the calories because you'll walk it off. But piazzas are a great um, place of community. And so, like, they're great places for restaurants. They're great for people watching. There's great architecture, fountains, art in the piazzas. So, I mean, you could go one day to a piazza, spend the whole day there, eat lunch, eat dinner, people watch, walk around, you will have an amazing time, and that's what I would do.
So when we come back, we're going to give you some tips on not only the piazzas, but also the food and the wine. Cheers. Stick around. You may have noticed, but the majority of Undercover Jet Setter is shot on the iPhone. So that means you can create your own TV show. You may want to have great vacation videos. Well, we've made it easier for you with our book. It's called The TV Studio In Your Hand. It's a quick read, and you can get it here. So bring us along for your next vacation video or your new TV show. We are enjoying the food and wine. We're going to talk about food and wine in Rome. We have just come back from Rome, and we wanted to give you as much as possible, but she's doing it the polite way. I've got my fingers <laughs> in it, which is not the way I would suggest doing it, no matter where you are, whether it's in Rome or not. You did that in Rome, too. I did do it in Rome. I mean, you know, the things I have to deal with. Hey, what are you going to do? That's why I drink a lot of That's wine. Right. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the wine as well, but... What's amazing about the pasta is, and I'm, I'm gluten-free, but I had the pasta over there, yes, and to be honest with you, I mean, it was brilliant. And so we have, what would you call this? Is a cacio e pepe? Cacio e pepe. Mm-hmm. And it's a traditional Roman dish, pasta, pepper, pecorino cheese, period. No cream, no oil. Every time they you get it in well, all of Italy, but we were just in Rome. It's a Roman dish. It's uh, perfect. Pasta al dente every time. And we saw some reviews on Yelp of some of the people saying it's undercooked. Yep. It's not undercooked. Yep. It's perfectly mm -hmm. al dente. Like, I, I can't stress enough every single restaurant that you go to in Italy, for that matter, but we'll just say Rome for now. Um the pasta is perfect, perfectly al dente, and that's perfectly how it should be. And I know you're making a big mess, but anyway, I'll just continue. Um, this dish, it's very simple sounding, but it's it's com a little complex to make because you're not mm -hmm. using oil, butter, cream, but yet it has the creamy texture because of the pecorino. And pecorino is a little bit more of a bite a little bit more briny than a parmigiana, say. Parmigiana mm -hmm. is kind of more nutty, buttery, and that's what makes this dish so phenomenal. I could eat it all day. And then the bite of the pepper, which is a little bit fruity and a little spicy. So it's it's very simple, but it's also very complex because it's yeah. difficult to make and to make it the right way. Yeah. And when it's made the right way, you really, really understand it. Yeah, and exactly. And we've, we've only, we've only find... Yeah, and all the stuff we don't, we found one restaurant in the United States that does it as good. True, yes. Yeah. And we've got to sample other countries, um, and then we'll decide. But <laughs> Roma has every single dish perfectly al dente, perfectly cacio e pepe, how you should make it. And it's it's easy to make. It's just you got to watch it. You have to spend the time, and you can't let it go. You've got to spend the time doing it. And that's that's all there is to it. But it's delicious. So let's talk about the wine because there's there's three basic wines. There's more wines than that. But when you're over there, for the most part, you're gonna you're gonna drink red. Now I'm a wine white wine drinker, mm -hmm. but I mean I was just enamored with with the red wine. So kind of go over the, the the different wines that are. We all know about Chianti. What really is Chianti? Okay, so Chianti is a blend. And the main grape in it is Sangiovese. Now, Sangiovese is, I kind of term it, a magical grape because I'm in love with it. 
And what it does is it blends really well, but also on its own mm -hmm. is a beautiful grape. So it is light. It's very light. Yeah, yeah. it's a medium bodied. Mm -hmm. Like you can have a Sangiovese on its own. So mm -hmm. a Sangiovese on its own, 100% is going to be a medium bodied wine. It's going to be very earthy, leathery, a little bit of that sour cherry, mm -hmm. not very fruity sweet. It's, right. it's like a fresh fruitiness. Um, Which is going to go great with a lot of the goes Italian great cuisine. with food, cheese on its own. Like I could drink this like water. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so good. Okay, now the second wine I know that you want to talk about um, is Brunello. Brunello. Which so is what we have here. Right? I'm just leading into Brunello, this. Right? Brunello, yes, which is Cheers. 100% Sangiovese, which is why I love it. You can it's, drink. It's bad luck. It's Okay, I'll drink. Force me. Okay. It's considered the king of wines. So it's 100% Sangiovese, but it's grown in a little bit different region. It They're both central. Brunello is also... Um, something that they cultivate a little bit differently when they're doing the winemaking. So that's why it, it comes out a little bit different than just if you ordered a Sangiovese wine that was just straight Sangiovese. But Brunello has, um, again, those same leathery, sour, it's medium bodied. It's, it's amazing. And as I said, I love the Sangiovese mm -hmm. grape. So if you are a Sangiovese fan, you will love it. And I think it goes great with everything Italian food. It, it goes great with heavy it really dishes, it really and does. it goes great with light dishes, because what it does is it accents the light dishes with its lightness, and then it, it cuts through the heavy dishes with that leather, sour acidity um, that it kind of has, because it's dry. But it's not super heavy, so... Um, which, which, like a Merlot and a Cab, can't do exactly yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, steak. It's gonna ha you're gonna have a different experience mm -hmm. if you eat a steak with a Cab, which is kind of one of the perfect pairings, mm -hmm. or um, if you eat a steak with a Brunello de Montalcino. Uh, it's 100% Sangiovese, and that's all it is. So, when you understand that, you're gonna understand the Sangiovese mm -hmm. grape. Then Chianti, as you mentioned is blended. So the Chianti is kind of blended with other grapes as well as Sangiovese, other grapes like Nebbiolo. That's another Italian great grape. Mm -hmm. But also things like Cabernet, Merlot, Cabernet Franc. Those are also blended. And then if you have a Super Tuscan, that's another blending history altogether that, that kind of came about. in other regions Yes, completely. that's yeah. almost like doing the Bordeaux blend style in mm -hmm. Italy. So you're using the Sangiovese grape, the Nebbiola grape possibly, depending on what the winemaker wants to do. They're, but they're blending in to a Super Tuscan, so it's going to be a much more rich, full-bodied wine. Personally, I love the Brunello di Montalcino. I love the Sangiovese. Those are those are kind of the same, just depending on the region, you know. So, one thing that I think we've talked about before, but in the U.S., grapes are categorized as grapes. So here you have, you know, Chardonnay, mm -hmm. Pinot Noir, Cabernet, uh, Merlot. In other countries. France and Italy, say, for example, you're categorizing um, all the wines by the location. So the Sangiovese grape is grown in 
plenty of different locations in central Italy, mm -hmm. Brunello di Montalcino being one of them. It's also grown in Montepulciano, which is a different um, area, which is another wine. Now, the Montepulciano is a little bit different because it's the Sangiovese grape, maybe about 70%, and they blend 30% of other grapes into it, and then that's how they create the Montepulciano. Um, wine, which it depends. It, there's two different wines. Don't get them mixed up because they'll be very upset with you. The DOCG of Italy, it's kind of like the, you know, the, the Italian Mexicans laws with of with, uh, tequila and stuff like the that. The Italian Absolutely. laws of winemaking, Absolutely. just like France has theirs. Um, you've got two different kinds of um, wines with Montepulciano. Mm -hmm. So um, depending on if you're talking about D'Abruzzo, Montepulciano D'Abruzzo, that's grown in Abruzzo district. Which is further north. Correct. Up in the mountains, uh, correct, yeah. yes. And then you've got the Vino di Nobili uh, Montepulciano. Mm -hmm. So what's or that? Okay, let me say that again. And then you've got the Vino Nobili du Montepulciano. And then you've got the Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, and that is the Montepulciano grape that is grown in Montepulciano, mm -hmm. and it's blended there. So Sangiovese plus other blends. But I personally like the Brunello di Montalcino, which is what we're having, or 100% Sangiovese. Brunello di Montalcino is more grown in Siena. So Siena mm -hmm. is an area which I think you've been to, I've been right? to Siena, and it's, 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 it's kind of central north. Yes. It's, it's not all the way up there, so it's yeah. different. But what, what's fascinating about this is that, and, and you, you hit it perfectly, is that there's a lot of complexity, and it's, it's not only the region where it's grown, but it's also the, the elevation of where it's grown. Yes. And then when you and I were talking ahead of time, I was trying to, well, the Sangiovese is kind of like the Pinot Noir, and it's kind of like this, and you go, you can't do that. You can't do that because the French wine and the French topography and climate is totally different. So, yes, correct. So even though we might be confusing you a little bit here, don't be confused at that. Let your palate decide yes. what it is. And the Italian wines are suited perfectly for the Italian cuisine. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're perfect for, for this, for the Roma tomatoes, for that. So... The, one of the big things is, even even though Susan has given you everything here that is brilliant as far as, as the way the winemaking is, and one of the lessons I learned long ago as a student, and you reiterated to me, was when you go into a restaurant, get the house wine. Now, why is that? Always. Well, the house wine is always going to be the best wine. It's the best wine and the cheapest wine for that region. So it's good on your pocketbook. It's also good on your palate. Mm -hmm. So the house wine is going to be something from that region, which automatically then A, pairs perfectly with the food that they're serving in that region, and B, is very affordable because, you know, it's from the region. And so they... they the thing that they do in Italy and other countries too, which we'll get to when we go to those other countries, but for Italy, 
I yes, see I'm, you're pouring, I'm, I'm you're pouring, pouring wine, wine. now. Pouring I need wine, wine too. Um, and the, 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 the bottom line is when, well, we, no, when you see I, the show is that <laughs> she talks, I drink because she's the expert. Well, this is what happens. That's why I'm on to him. But anyway, here's my point that I'm saying. What they do wonderfully is community. And uh, I think people around the world are kind of learning this in different ways in different times. But I think for um, learning about it, Italy's a great subject, and, and so is France for that matter. But Italy combines community with regional everything. So if you're in Rome, you're going to have Roman wine, things right around that region, which why we have got Sangiovese, Brunello di Montalcino, the Montepulciano, all of that. And they've got the Cacio Pepe. We've got things from that region, and they're buying it from those local suppliers. Mm -hmm. So that automatically makes it taste better. It also makes it cheaper because it's right there. They don't have to ship it. There's mm -hmm. not a lot of other costs involved. And you're pairing the Keep perfect wine <laughs> with... Here's what I have to deal with all the time. <laughs> the perfect wine with the perfect food, whatever you're eating, the cheese, the tomatoes, the vegetation, that is the perfect food from that region. Now, we also had saltamboca, which mm. is another oh traditional Roman dish. Um, phenomenal. It's like one of my favorites because it's so nuanced. And, you know, they, they serve it in many different forms. Um, veal saltamboca is the classic, but they also have chicken saltamboca as well if you're not a veal fan. So there's plenty of options for you. Well, let's, let's talk about some of the restaurants that we, yes. hit, that we were fortunate to. Yeah. And now here's the rule as she dives into the pasta. <laughs> the rule is, is that no matter what restaurant you go into, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a really, really good restaurant. We actually, when we went there, we did a lot of research as to what we wanted to go to mm -hmm. and where we wanted to see. And so we had a lot of friends who had either been there or had a lot of experience or friends who had lived there. And so we checked it out. So we hit a number of great restaurants. I would say, and, and again, we're going to give you like three or four here that are great. That doesn't mean you can't walk into a restaurant. That There's you, literally a million restaurants, maybe more. That are going to blow your mind. And that is the beautiful thing. Yes. So the first one is is, is Roscioli. And this is a, a salamaria. Expl explain what that is. What does that mean? Okay, Roscioli salamaria is like a place that you want to live in for the rest of your life. <laughs> and salamaria is simply like a, a delicatessen. So they specialize in uh, fresh meats and all the different kinds of things that you can conjure up with that. Mm -hmm. um, cheeses, everything that you want, they have it there. But they also have amazing food. So we had this like little mini pork sandwich, kind of an appetizer thing. And I call it a pork sandwich appetizer thing. It was, it was literally melt in your mouth to die for. I mean, the bread was perfect. It was soft. It was warm. It was buttery. It had the, like a little sea salt on it. And then you had the, this salty, briny, melt in your mouth pork that was in the middle of it. And you're going, how could something so simple be so delicious? And, and, and we were, and again, I, I tried to stay away from the bread. 
I had this. Couldn't do it in Italy. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it was, and this was like one of about, I'd say about four or five different courses that we had. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the first ones that they gave us. And it was like a little delicate, it was like a little delicate bun with bread on it. Yes. And it was just so delicate, but it was so savory. There were so many different things that were going on there. And that's the other thing, too, is a lot of the stuff is, is, is small, so you can... You can try a lot of different things, but absolutely, that was yes. just yeah, that was blow away. And then we had the cacio e pepe, yes, there. And you said that was one of the, the one of the best you ever had. Oh yeah, no, it was phenomenal. It was perfectly cooked. I mean, I literally could eat at this place every single day of my mm-hmm. life. And then they poured the wine, which of course we had, you know, a Montepulciano. We had, a, you know, a Verdicchio, which was a great white wine which we didn't talk about yet, but you had the Verdicchio, which was a wonderful white wine. Um, when you're in Italy, that's a great wine to have. Um, another regional kind of wine mm-hmm. that they make there that is a perfect accompaniment to food. Now, also, we they gave us, complimentary, <laughs> these chocolate dipping things that were unbelievable. And I'm not a sweet person, but this chocolate was divine because it wasn't super sweet Mm -hmm. it was like a bittersweet chocolate with some biscotti to dip it in and that was like the perfect ending to the perfect meal and the biscotti was made with red wine Mm -hmm. exactly so you get that extra taste there and it was like oh it was just incredible that was just again one of one of many one of the other places we went to la pace (laughs) and we've got to thank our our friend uh, kathy ray who is our jet setter friend she was my uh, news uh, co-anchor in Las Vegas many years ago, and Kathy and I are longtime friends from, from many, many years ago. And, and fortunately for us, she ended up in Rome um, <laughs> about two weeks before we did, and I go, okay, okay, give me your give, 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 give. And so one of, one of her recommendations was um, La Pace. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we had the Sangiovese there, but we had... A carbonero mm. that you said was probably the best you ever had. Well, their carbonara was amazing. And let me preface it by saying all of Italy, amazing carbonara. Because again, just like the Cache Pepe, they know how to make it right. Okay, I have to drink some wine because I had too much pasta. <laughs> Notice she uses the fork, I use my hands. So what, what, two things about this. First of all, carbonara, not made with cream, again, no mm-hmm. oil, egg yolks, um, pasta, um, and then whatever you want to put with it, guanciale, bacon, we had pork cheeks in ours, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And which, which was similar to bacon in the United States. Oh, yeah, of course. But it's just pork. a high-end bacon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in the winter... The carbonara, they, they have another option where they can give you truffles in it because in the winter, truffles are seasonal. Mm-hmm. So, again, going back to community, seasonal, everything is seasonal, community-oriented. So it's it's mm-hmm. whatever the season is. In the winter, truffles are very big. That's when they're prominent. That's when they're the best. So if we went there in the spring, it would be a whole different menu in, you know, including different offerings mm-hmm. that way. But... In the fall and the winter, they like to offer the truffles 
That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I can barely speak because it's so good. So this carbonara came with the beautiful carbonara preparation, of course, because it's Rome, and that's where they know how to do it. it that is another Roman traditional dish. Um, one of my all-time favorites also. And on top of it, it came with truffles. One of my other favorite things that, you know, I know you love truffles too, and and truffles are, if you've never had them, it's a mushroom times 20,000 degrees. So once you have that, if you like that mushroomy, earthy, umami, truffly flavors, the only way to describe it. It's, it's like sweet and creamy. Out of mm -hmm. the Buttery, like nutty. I mean, it's delicious. So they include the fresh truffles in the in the autumn and the the winter. So mm -hmm. here we had um, this amazing carbonara that they made, and then we also had a bistecca, which was like a delicious dish. And um, it it had in English basically it was chopped up different steak with arugula and tomatoes. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Phenomenal. It was like a shish kebab that you would you would die for in the middle of summer, and we had it in late October. Yeah, and it November. worked. It worked in November oh too. My God. It was incredible. would work any time of the year, to be honest. Absolutely, yeah, and perfectly seasoned, perfectly cooked. All right, so we ended up in another place called Coso, um, and <laughs> we were amazed because this was an appetizer that we had, and it was potato filled with carbonero. Right. And I'm like, that's your appetizer? That should be with the main dish. I mean, it was it was so incredible. Well, it was phenomenal. And what you're thinking, what I originally was thinking was thinking about it was, oh, it's going to be a potato filled with carbonara pasta. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be so heavy. And then when they brought it, we just took a chance. When they brought it, mm -hmm. it's the potato with the carbonara tossed together so there's no pasta in it and and then the baked potato with the beautiful creamy potato inside of it is like amazing because it's crispy and then it's creamy and it's phenomenal so and Koso was recommended by a really good friend of ours another good friend of ours who mm -hmm. who actually uh, said that we, we need to go there and he was absolutely right. He actually lives in Rome, so uh, we thank him quite a bit. His name is Loris. And, um, well, in Coso, it, we went, the day we went, it was raining, and they actually were so sweet and kind as to when we're leaving. I mean, I say raining. I'm like pouring cats and dogs. It was pouring torrents. And so when we went to leave, they go, do you have an umbrella? And we're like, no. And so they go, here, take, take this one. And we go, well, we can't, we don't know how to return it to you because we might not be back in this region because we're leaving soon. Oh, no, that's okay. Just take it. Just take it. So we took it. Thank God, because we used that umbrella for like the next day and the next day. And then we passed it on at the hotel to somebody else. To other people. Now, now we don't know if that's the Italian tradition or if they realize that my hair is so important that I couldn't have my hair wet and destroyed because I'm on television. So, anyway. So, yeah. So, we don't know about that. <laughs> we don't know. But, anyways, we did pass it on to someone else. We don't know who they are, but that's the giving tradition that I think um, is kind of the Italian tradition, to be honest. And we say and Tocoso. That's why I love it. Tocoso. 
You may have noticed, but the majority of Undercover Jet Setter is shot on the iPhone. So that means you can create your own TV show. You may want to have great vacation videos. Well, we've made it easier for you with our book. It's called The TV Studio in Your Hand. It's a quick read, and you can get it here. So bring us along for your next vacation video or your new TV show. And welcome Grazie. back. And welcome back. Grazie, grazie. You got to know grazie. And then when somebody says grazie, you say prego, prego, which means you're welcome. So one of the, one of the great places you have to go, and you're going to know this no matter where you are, because if you've watched any of old-time films like from the 50s or 60s, 1950s, 1960s, you've got to go to the Trevi Fountain. And it is, it's iconic. And it is, it was just crowded with people there. And, and, and remember the old <laughs> film from the 50s, Three Coins in the Fountain. You throw the three coins in and your wishes come true. You, you find true love and everything else. Um, well, you want to at least get one coin in. There's, there's a tradition for one, two, or three coins. But if you get one coin in, then you means, then it means that you're going to return to Rome. And that's all you care about. And Forget about the, th the other two traditions. All you care about is returning to Rome. Yeah. And here's the thing. <laughs> Not many people are going to return to Rome because there are so many coins <laughs> sitting on the ground. And, and again, as someone who is a pitcher in baseball, it's like... How do you not get it in there? I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. But at the same time, too, there were so many people that we met people from Serbia, Romania, who were there, who were just all over the world, congregating Australia, around there, Britain, France, yeah. everybody. Yeah. So I mean, and, and it does tie into a, a lot of the American film culture, certainly from the 1950s and 1960s, which absolutely. actually helped the the tourism there. That's right. Uh, in yes. Italy, in, in Rome especially, right after that. So I would go there. Uh, you don't have to spend a ton of time there, but I would, I, I would just get to know the people that are around there, and it's, it's, uh, it, it's a fabulous place. The other place to go to, not too far away, is the Spanish Steps. Now, I'm, I'm a literature major. You're a lover of great poetry. And at the Spanish Steps, the Spanish Steps are beautiful. Uh, let's talk about that first, then we'll get into the literature part of it, because mm -hmm. it is such a fabulous place to to walk up. And we and we actually did a couple of quick uh, quick scenes and on camera stuff there. Um, it's it's one of the spectacular places of Rome, I think. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, when you're walking up there, we talked about the piazzas. It's a piazza, Piazza de España. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a big one. Absolutely. And so when you're going up there, there's a lot of stuff happening and you have to like take it all in and breathe it and, and, and do it all. And there's one of our obviously favorite memorials. I see you eating the pasta, mm -hmm. uh, cacio e pepe right there. Okay. That's why you're the expert. You keep talking. All right. Eat. You need to pour the wine. Um, <laughs> so we love Keats and there's a memorial there next to the Spanish Steps, and it's almost a hidden gem because if you don't know that it's there, you would miss it. Um, it there's, there's the Spanish Steps, and then there's the memorial right next door, and that's the house that Keats lived in. Okay, milking it for all it's worth. I'm Thank you. The and and just so you know, look how much I have compared to what he got. So this is what always happens. She has to talk, yeah. I have to listen. Um, anyway. <laughs> Keats is a phenomenal artist, 
And there's other artists there that you can go see if you're a fan of literature and, and poetry. And they've actually done a really nice job mm -hmm. developing that whole area of the Keats Memorial. Um, it's called the Keats Shelley Memorial. And um, it, what's really cool is if you go to the top of the Spanish Steps, you can look in the window at the other side. And what I love is... Mm -hmm. Because I'm, when I'm obsessed with a writer, I have to go to what they did and you can see Keats's writing. You can see, you know, kind of where he lived. Where actually, sadly, he passed away too. And you, From but tuberculosis, you, yeah. Yeah. And you can kind of see everything that was in his world when you're there at the Spanish Steps. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's, you've, Again, like we were talking about with the Coliseum, you feel that whole vibe, that feeling, that energy of something else beyond just the building and the steps and everything that's there. Plus, there's great food and wine. Of course, it's a piazza. Well, there is right around there. And we, we ended up at a place called Doris. And um, it's right around the corner from the Keith Shelley Memorial and right around the uh, Spanish steps. And... Um, Oh my God! <laughs> this is this is another place. Again, we could have walked in there, and nobody ever told us about this, and we were like absolutely blown away. And we walked away thinking, like, Oh my God! And how how do we go to another restaurant now to go and review another restaurant? But we did, and this you was can yeah. <laughs> because when you're in Rome, every restaurant is phenomenal. Even the one right next door to the one that you just went to that was phenomenal. So try them all out. That's our suggestion. Adventure out. Go with what we say, but also go and find something on your own. And then let us know what you think yeah. because tweet us Absolutely. at UC Foodie TV or let us know on our YouTube channel, Undercover Jet Setter. You know, it's like you can find so many things there. It's amazing. And that's the great thing about it. Okay. For people who haven't been there, talk about the Saltambuco because that was, that might have been the best we had. And I'm not saying it's the best, <laughs> but it, it certainly was was fabulous. I would have it other places. Talk about what exactly Saltambuco is. Okay, so Saltambuco is a meat dish with like a prosciutto wrapped around it and then <laughs> uh, a sage leaf. But you have to, because it sounds like simple ingredients, you have to cook it the right way because you can't just do raw sage. You've got to have it cooked to a certain temperature. You can't just do raw prosciutto. You can't, you've got to have a thin, flat, whatever the, your meat's going to be. If it's going to be, you know, veal, if it's going to be chicken, whatever it is, it's got to be super thin and flat. And then you're wrapping these other ingredients around it. And then the flavor combination is like literally the bomb in your mouth. I mean, you are going, Wow, why didn't I ever think of this flavor combination? Because it's phenomenal. And there's something about the sage with the, the briny, salty prosciutto, and then the either the, the, the soft, moist chicken or veal, whichever you choose to use. I mean, it's amazing. And, and that's a Roman dish. That's a traditional mm -hmm. Roman dish. Um, I've made it before and it's, Again, it's like cache a pepe. Mm -hmm. It's it's easy, simple, but you've got to watch it and you've got to time it and you've got to cook it to perfection. And that's attention. the key. Just pay attention to it. That's the key to the whole thing. 
It's not like putting a steak in the grill and then going and checking your phone. You gotta watch it. <laughs> right. You've gotta watch it. You you gotta make sure that okay. Yeah. The other thing is is that and this is my bugaboo about everything Italian is 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 a after dinner liqueur called strega, which means the witch. And Doris had strega. Now I also embarrassed myself in Rome, embarrassed you as well, because if they didn't have strega, I go, well, you're not at a real Italian restaurant or something like this. I go, in well, Italy. But we have limoncello and we have all these other things. Oh, my God. Although, I have to say, most places were like, oh, yeah, we do have strega. Mm -hmm. Or they were like, oh, yeah, we're, we know strega, but we're out of it. Or we know strega, but we don't carry it. But they all knew strega. Or they knew my reputation and they'd go, get the heck out of here. I mean, that was the big thing. So strega is it, it, it's it's a liqueur, um, and again I learned about this in the late seventies when I was studying over there. Well, you taught me about it. I didn't know about strega until and, I met you. And then when when you tried it, you, you were you were absolutely I blown was away by it. Yeah. And it is it's an after dinner liqueur, and it's it's got kind of a Galliano feel, but it has like thirty different. Spices yes. and, and and different things in there, and it's one of the great aperitifs, and it's a great digestive mm -hmm. afterwards. It really is, and, and I mean, I have to say, if you like basil of any way, shape, or form, it's like liquid basil. I mm -hmm. mean, to me, that's how I kind of describe it because it takes that flavor. It's not a strong licorice flavor, but it's like a soft little hint of a licorice plus herbally stuff. Hmm. And then it just kind of goes into you. And it warms you up. And it's got that like little licorice. Perfect. Perfect but it's herbally, herbaceous. It's, yeah. I mean, it's so magical. If you like Ouzo and you like Galliano, it's like it's taking it to a different level. And your description of it was, was absolutely perfect. And, of course, I, I crave Strega after most meals. Um, and, and I... I know should that. I go get the Strega now? Well, you probably should, but I annoy the crap out of every restaurant when well, I ask them. Well, that's true. Even sushi restaurants. I have asked them for that. French they, restaurants. Yep, yep, and they, they won't do that. Brazilian restaurants. Yep, absolutely. You name um, it. I, I, I Mexican restaurants. Yep, yeah, I <laughs> said you need Strega. So. Now, if you are a lover of American film from the 50s and 60s, you have to go to this restaurant. It's a more. Oh, and it's yeah. a more pizzerizza. No, pizzeri. What, what, pizzeria. 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 A more pizzeria. Yeah. And think I was Salute. Italian. Um, a more pizzeria is... Fun, fun place. Fun, fabulous, and... Fun. Great food. Oh, God. The food is phenomenal. So, I mean, we just had a simple salad, which was delicious. And, you know, we're salad lovers. But even if you're not a salad lover, you're going to love this because it's light, it's delightful, and, I mean, you can have everything in it. But the pièce de résistance is the pizza, being that they're a pizzeria. Not, um, not for your palate. Not for your stomach, but visually, because the pizza is in the form of a heart. Well, amore, 
That's amare. Um, but I mean, not only that, it tasted phenomenal. And, and here's incredible. the thing that we have to point out here is it had fresh sardines on it. It was mm. a fresh pizza with fresh sardines and like one or two other ingredients. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And that's typical Roma pizza. It's not a lot of heavy cheese, heavy ingredients, heavy marinara, heavy whatever. It's light. It's airy. Um, I can normally, if I'm in America, say, I cannot eat more than two slices of pizza. Here, I ate half a pizza, and mm -hmm. he ate the other half. Mm -hmm. Gluten intolerant person who's not gluten, gluten intolerant, yeah. but yeah. he's well, avoids gluten. But it was fine. You were fine, right? Absolutely. Because yeah. it's so light and well balanced, and so beautifully made. And everybody talks about the the water and the cheese. It's true. Mm -hmm. The water and the cheese makes a there's huge a difference. difference. And the sardines. Now, go to go back to the sardines. You need to talk about that because there's a lot but, of people who aren't going to like sardines. It, and, right. And I'm, I'm a little. I, I'm, You're that person. I'm a little bit. Eh, and how did you like this sardine. one? And this was fabulous. Explain why they do the sardines. So the bit. sardines are different because they're not heavily fishy sardini. They're more like they're marinated in a lemon and olive oil, so they have a light, delicate flavor. And all you're going to kind of get is a little brininess. Mm -hmm. So you, do, you don't even taste any fishy thing. It's like you, we had sardines on this whole pizza. He was blown away. Yeah. He was like, oh, my God, this is, like, amazing. And it really was because it was, like, two other ingredients, the sardines and the pizza and the dough, a phenomenal, um, you know, I mean, I can't say enough about that. But sardines in Italy, don't be afraid of them because... They're fresh, they're light, they're lemony. You're not going to taste any sardine thing that you think is old, fishy, bad. It's not going to be there. It's so delicious. Try so, it. Just give it a try. Even if you don't like it, just just, just try it one time and, and, and see what you think. And you're on vacation. Go ahead and you know, experiment. Go for it. Now, when we come back, we're going to give you some, some hints on how to get around and, and the things you need to know um, because it's actually, it, it's, it's an easy city to get around. It's an easy city to enjoy yourself. Yes. It's an easy city to just go, to go nuts in. Um, but we'll give you a couple of tips so that you make sure that you really enjoy it the right way. We'll be right back. You may have noticed, but the majority of Undercover Jet Setter is shot on the iPhone. So that means you can create your own TV show. You may want to have great vacation videos. Well, we've made it easier for you with our book. It's called The TV Studio In Your Hand. It's a quick read, and you can get it here. So bring us along for your next vacation video or your new TV show. John Daly, Susan Anzalone. Undercover Jet Setter, so hopefully you'll see our show as well. We are here with Kecia Pepe, we're here with Pecorino and Cheese, and we're also here with some Roma tomatoes. We want to talk about, we've been talking about Rome, we want to talk about some things you need to understand when you go to Rome, and we, this is a bucket list, so you need to go. One of the things you need to have is great walking shoes, because there are cobblestone streets there, and you're going to have to walk a lot. But you need to be careful as far as that goes. So if, if you're someone who's older and you're a little uncertain of your footing, 
have really good walking shoes. And, and uh, we found that, that, you know, even for us, and we're, we're pretty athletic and, and we walked around, but you had to watch yourself. No, absolutely, because it is an old city and you've got different pavements and different levels of things that you're walking on, including the cobblestone streets. So you have to be careful and you have to watch what you're doing and just be aware. Um, there's several different great ways to get around. And I mean, Rome now is so easy, um, even compared to like 10, 20 years ago, Absolutely. so much more is available. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even have Uber Jump, which is the electric bike. So you can use that if if you want to like go quickly from different places and, and do that kind of a thing. That's easy. Or you can use Uber. Um, but the, you, but it's the it's the more expensive Uber. Yes, correct. It's yeah. the Uber X. Mm-hmm. So you have to like take that in mind. Or there's a taxi app now, that you have, we but, use. And Uber X, though, just just you know, if you have like four or five people, it's perfect. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. perfect, yeah. But there's also a taxi app that we use called Free Taxi App. Um, download that for free. That works just like Uber, and we actually even had some incidents. Go figure with us how that could have happened. But we we had like a couple of different times where we said, "Oh, we're in this location," and the and the geo thing located us at that location, mm-hmm. and then the we actually weren't at that location. So it was our fault. But the taxi driver said. Oh, let me come around and find where you are. And that happened two times where we we actually were somewhere and they said, okay, meet us over here. We found it on the map and it was actually very easy to do. They were wonderful. They sent us pictures mm-hmm. of where they were. I mean, so sweet and good and, and just so delightful to work with as far as getting a ride. And, and so that was a, a really good thing to know. It's, you can be comfortable with that. That taxi app worked great. So two interpretations of that that I, that I got from that was one, the Italians are so gracious and want to work with you. They want to help you. They're just, they're just so friendly. Mm-hmm. The other side of it is, is that there are so many of the old Roman roadways that when you're walking down them, you're walking down them and it's barely wide enough for you and me. And here comes a taxi or a car coming down there. And it's very difficult for some of the some of the GPS apps to oh, actually sure. figure out where you are. Mm-hmm. So um, you got to be a little tolerant of that. Um, but for the most part, they work with you. Oh, absolutely. You know, be patient yeah. with it. The other I, I thing, think they're used to it. So they know it actually more than you do. So just trust in that. I mean, they're very trustworthy. They're, they really want to make your experience uh, a nice experience. Yeah. And so you trust them. When they say, oh, I'm over here, and they send you a picture, don't worry about it. They're, that's where they are. And just go there and... And we had so many people helping us all the time. And it can be a little confusing because because you, you're not you don't know the area, and if you're at a mm-hmm. uh, at a piazza that has a lot of different areas off of that, so just just be patient with it. And for the most part, everybody's really cool there. Nobody gets upset, and it uh, it it just it makes a lot of sense to just kind of just chill. They have yeah. kind of a, a kind of a, a chill mentality. Yes, absolutely. And you can also just go to most of the piazzas have um, taxi stands. Yeah. So it, old school wise, just go to a taxi stand and they'll pull right up and, and you can do that that way. 
So it's very easy. There's a lot of things to do. You can also take the bus or the metro. Those are also available. Um, but we should we should say, if you're going to take the bus and the metro, the stops that you probably want to go to, you're going to be walking a lot. Now, can you use them? And are they efficient? Yes. But you're also going to be walking because they're on the main lines. Yes. So well, the metro the goes piazzas. this way across the city. So you're going uh, across the city of Rome because because of how it was built, and then there's a whole underground city. They have to put the metro a certain way. So the metro goes this way and that way. So that's the metro for Rome. So just remember, if you end up somewhere over here and you really need to go here, it might be easier and better. Yeah faster to either walk or take a taxi or the taxi app or the uber bike jump get you, get, which you, is jump. get a get a good locator app a gps on your on your phone to yeah, use that, that helps. and it works actually pretty well we actually had some pretty good success with that so a couple of other rules is that you know walk as much as you can that is the best way to get around rome because you'll meet a lot of different people um, and you see a lot of stuff that you don't see if you're driving or on the bus or the metro or whatever. You you just see more stuff when you're walking. You and know? If, if you're a lover of architecture, you, I mean, you're going to see so many different architectures that happen over centuries uh, that are so different. So your your viewpoint is, is incredible. <clears throat> One of the other things we talk about, too, as far as if you're going to go on any of the tours, um, do some research on the tours ahead of time. So you can get somebody who speaks English, um, and it's the tour you want to go on, whether it's the Vatican, whether it's the Colosseum or the Forum. Do that a little bit ahead of time and sign up for it. That's the one thing I would do, I would definitely prepare for more than anything else, because we, we found we found a great gal in... Um, Oh, mm -hmm. Tanya. Yeah, Tanya. 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 She was amazing with Doe Travel, and we would easily recommend them because they were wonderful. And we actually had a night tour of the Coliseum, and then the tour that we were supposed to go on um, at night, the Coliseum itself canceled the tour. So the whole thing was canceled for everybody, and they called us in the, immediately, and they said, um, you know what, that tour got canceled by the Coliseum because it's not safe when it's dark and it's raining, so they didn't want to do that. So they said, why don't you come on this day tour? And they gave us even more than what we actually had booked to begin with. So they are yeah. very wonderful in the utmost sense that they actually protect you, they'll take care of you, they'll help you. If you know, if you get lost or you don't know where your tour is, they will, they will call you and you can call them and they're very much in touch and their communication is great. So three other things that we, we, we got to talk about is that for the most part it, in Rome, everybody will talk to you. They'll take care of you. They'll be nice to you. Don't be afraid to talk to anybody. Um, the second thing is, is that, and we bring this up all the time, don't be afraid. And we talked about this before. Don't be afraid to go into any restaurant. For the most part, any restaurant you go into in Rome is going to be incredible because it's going to have Roman cuisine. The third thing is, and I learned this when I was in college, Dominican priest at Providence College told me this. You reiterated it. We saw it. Is that don't be afraid to get the house wine. Always the best. Because the house wine Cheapest, is going best. to be spectacular. And you should you should enjoy it. And, Absolutely. Uh, it's 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 going to go with the cuisine. At the same time, too, it's it's also going to be not only the best wine, but it's 
goes with, uh, yeah, yeah, it's the cheapest, <laughs> to be frank. And Barosana is the perfect example of that because we were waiting Absolutely. to get somewhere else and we stumbled across, and this is why you mm. need to just stumble and go explore and get lost and find things because it'll be fabulous. It'll be your story, and hopefully you will share it with us because we would love that. Um, but we found Barosana by accident and we just happened to stumble across them amazing people had the great sangiovese had the frascati had everything you know a little panini sandwich for us that we were hungry for something a little snack i mean they were phenomenal and we just stumbled across them walking down a cobblestone street and that's that's the beauty of of italy and that's the beauty of rome in that they are very accepting and they make you feel at home. Yeah. And to be honest with you, we're all citizens of Rome because that's where it's our true. civilization has come from. Absolutely so, true. So it's good. So, so salute. Salute. Thanks for joining us. We love you, Roman jet setters. Right. <laughs> and, this, and this is our first show on uh, Jet Setter Dish. Jet Setter Dish, yes. Cheers. Oh, gone. So, <laughs> we're going to enjoy it. Catch you next time. See segments and episodes at youtube.com slash undercover jet setter.